As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Before we start the show, we just wanted to let you know about The Athletic's Black Friday deal. Starting Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, The Athletic's great writing is just $1 a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash 1% better to lock in our very best price of the year. Just $1 for new subscribers. Hey, welcome back. Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer, and it's another episode of 1% Better. And this is... I think going to be a pretty enjoyable episode, uh, both for us and for you, because uh, Sunday was a fun day for the Colts. If you had any investment in that outcome in Buffalo, 41 to 15 over the Buffalo Bills and the Colts. Hey, who knew? They're six and five. They're in it. Uh, the The AFC playoffs are within their reach. And I, I think they're actually one of the teams right now. Uh, that are the most one of the most intriguing teams in the NFL, and it's no secret why. <laughs> they are fun because they have maybe the most fun player in the NFL right now, and it's Jonathan Taylor. All right, let's just make no bones about it. We're right. just going to jump right into that. Um, I have all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of thoughts, and but I just want to start by saying I think he's the most electrifying player in the NFL right now. 185 rushing yards. Five total touchdowns, four rushing, one receiving. I think he's the most dominant player in the NFL at the moment. I, I, I don't, I don't know how this happened, but it's it's happening. <laughs> that dude's taking I don't know. off. It's crazy. He's he's and, and Mo Ali Cox said it yesterday. Like every time he touches the ball, they believe he could go the whole way. He could take yep. it to the house. And Mo said it great yesterday. He said he peaked up. On that third touchdown, right before the half, I believe that made it twenty-four to seven, he looked up and saw JT soaring like an effing superhero. He <laughs> is their superhero right now. And the funniest thing is, and we talked about this after the game and last night on the way home from the stadium. It's like that dude doesn't even know what he's doing, oh, and that's I the best trust part. Me. I want to get into it. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's and and this is not hyperbole. Like this is a guy you would want to marry your daughter. He's that nice of a human being. But he's also the hottest running back in the league right now. He's a physical specimen. He's destroying defenses. 
and he's carrying the Colts to five wins in six games. And we can get into the MVP conversation. I know it's a quarterback award, and I hate that. I think he should go to the best player. But um, he's doing MVP-type stuff. I know what an MVP looks like, and he's doing MVP-type stuff. Okay, so at the risk of like being dramatic, I don't care because I'm, I think that's this warrants it. And so I think one of the best parts about my job, your job, what we get to do is – is, is being there when stuff like this happens, you know, and, and having that front row seat for just crazy shit. You know, I think about that day Andrew Luck ran off the field at Mile High and just the, the most exuberance I've ever seen from him. And they're, they're going to the AFC Championship game. And we're like, how did this happen? Right. And, you know, because of Andrew Luck. <laughs> and so, you know, I think about times like that and and like. Being able to be behind the curtain for those moments, like that is the best shit about this job. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like I I count my blessings every single day because like I don't even deserve it. I'm just really, really lucky. And because I've done this for a long time, and I may ramble here for a second, but but bear with me. Because I've done this for a long time, I, I've had these experiences a lot. And I think the best part as I was saying is like watching a player to be more specific, watching a, a player become a star. That yeah, is so much fun. And I can think of previous examples that I've lived through and, and covered. And the one that came to mind, and if you follow me on Twitter, you might have already seen this. But the one that came to mind today as I was flying home was, man, this feels like when I was covering a young Dwayne Wade. Uh, and it was very similar in that he came into the league quiet, understated, you know, didn't talk about himself very much. He was all business. And we're like, all right, doesn't really have a true position. What's this guy going to be? He's a combo guard. He's 6'4". Can he, you know, can he defend two guards? You know, like all the requisite questions, right? And, and then what does he do? He goes out there and he's like, all right, watch this. And and I remember specifically, just bear with me just a little longer. I remember specifically being at Madison Square Garden one night covering a game, Heat, Knicks. And I'm sitting on the baseline right under the basket. And, you know, this is the freaking Mecca. Right. If you make your moment at Madison Square Garden, you have arrived and they're down. They're down one with the ball in their hand, with, with the ball. A couple seconds left. Uh, they give it to Dwayne at the top of the key. He crosses over a guy and hits a fadeaway for the win. And the garden is silent. And all the riders on press world, we just look at each other like, holy shit. He's a rookie. OK, a freaking rookie. And we just look at each other like, holy shit. He just did that. At the garden. And then it was very much like Jonathan Taylor. We went in the locker room and he's just like, yeah, you know, matter of fact, just no big deal. And we're like, dude, like, do you understand like what you just did? And it was so reminiscent of that. And and that is what this feels like, man. I'm just telling you. And, and, you know, I could repeat that story two or three other times with other players, you know, that I've that I've seen. And you in Indianapolis, right? You've lived this. You've seen Edron James come of age and you've seen Peyton Manning come of age and. I'm just telling you, I don't know what this kid's ultimate, you know, what his ultimate career is going to look like. But right here in the right here and now, this is not, I don't think we're being over the top. That's what this feels like. Am I crazy, yeah. Zach Keeper? I uh, stood next to him before he went to his postgame podium and I said, you ever put up five touchdowns in a game before? And he nodded his head real fast like, yeah, like no big deal. <laughs> and I was like, Damn. 
I, I don't know don't where this career stupid? goes. I don't know where this career goes, but I think it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And we happened to be leaving the, the press box and walking down to the locker room yesterday, and we ran into Jim Mercer, who was kind enough to invite us in his elevator. And, and I said, you guys got a, a special one. And he said, you know, Zach, I was, I was there in 65 when Gail <laughs> Sayers ran for six touchdowns against the 49ers at Wrigley Field. He was sitting in the bleachers with his dad. His dad would buy the Colts, I think, six years later. Um, and, and Jim said, look, I texted Edrin and Peyton and, and Marvin during the game. And I said, you guys need to be watching this guy. He reminds me of Edrin. Now, we all know Jim Mersey, and we know he is prone to hyperbole, but, but he's also seen 50 years worth of football. And he knows that he's got a special talent, whether he's as good as Edgerin is a dumb conversation. And we'll save that for down the line. But that kid's damn good. And he's carrying the Colts. And, and, and the only other guy that had as good of a day as Jonathan Taylor might have been Frank Reich. Um, and, and we should get into that. And, and this was a different game for Frank Reich. This was a little bit more. This meant a little bit more to him. But, but Taylor, man, like, where does it stop? And, and the fun thing is, you look at these games down the road. They got Tampa this week, but like, why can't they beat Tampa? They got the best player in football, you know. So that's yeah. the fun part, and and we've really seen it evolve from the low point last year. That fumble against Baltimore, he was essentially benched. He had twelve yards the next week against Tennessee. That was the night Naheem went crazy. That was really a low point for him, and then he got it together. And ever since the last month of last year, he's been absolutely on a tear. It's incredible to watch. Uh, so let me share a few numbers just for the record, I mean, in case you're wondering. So here is where Jonathan Taylor ranks in all the pertinent categories that he's involved in. So he is number one in the NFL in scrimmage yards. That's 1,444. He is number three in yards per carry, uh, 5.8. Yards after contact, he's second. He's got 481 of his of his rushing yards after contact, uh, rushing touchdowns, number one, total touchdowns, number one, 15 of those rushing, rushing yards, excuse me, number one, 1,122 and explosive plays in all of all the NFL. We're talking about wide receivers, running backs. He's got the most explosive plays of anybody. 35. Those are runs of 10 yards or more or receptions of 20 yards or more. I mean, now, when you talk about most valuable player, well, what the hell is the value of all of that, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that is basically what percentage of the Colts' offense did I just recite for you, right? Like all of it, damn there. I, I mean, I don't know. List they have a good passing game. I don't. I don't think we saw it yesterday, but but they certainly have a good passing game. There's no question about that. They have a good offensive line. Taylor is a recipient of that or a beneficiary of that. So, yeah, he's not doing this by himself. But to think that. And and Aaron Schatz, who's a an analyst who I, I actually respect a lot. I think he's football outsiders. He, he posted about this this morning, and we've had him on our podcast actually. And and Aaron's Aaron's a good analyst, I think, and really understands metrics and and so forth. He's not on this Jonathan Taylor for MVP train, and that's okay. But the argument he's making is that like, well, it's really the offensive line. My argument would be, okay, first of all, the offensive line started the season playing like shit. <laughs> okay, number one. Number two, if that were the case, then you could just put any running back back there. If that was the case, Marlon Mack would be doing this. And I'm sorry. I love Marlon. Marlon can't do this. No. 
So uh, this guy's different. He's special and just sit back and appreciate it. I don't know where this season goes, but but like don't take this for granted. That's all I'm saying. You're not going to see this all the time. I um, I asked our our colleague, if you can call him that, Mike Chappell, our good friend. Mm-hmm. He's covered every game this team's played since they came to Indy in 84. And I said, about a, a month and a half ago, I said, is it crazy to think that he's the best they've had at the position since Edgerett? And we talked about it for about a half an hour because you don't want to heap that on a guy. And I said, I think he's going to be the best they've had since Edgerett. And, and, and what has Taylor done over the last six weeks? I mean, he's hmm. just gotten better and better and better. And really yesterday was sort of that explosion, that eruption, where all of a sudden Peter King's calling you know, him after the game. And every national TV analyst wants to sit down with Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, he went national yesterday in a sense. And he's going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to talk about the rest of the way. And, and this was interesting. We asked Frank Reich about this last night. Like, it's still a little surprising that they went and got, grabbed a running back in the second mm. round in 2020. And I asked Frank about that. And he said it was all Chris Ballard. Excuse me. He would have been heartbroken if we didn't go get this guy. And, and I kind of detailed that in the story I wrote a couple weeks ago. But think about where this team would be without him. I mean, he is the engine behind the offense. And it's in, in kind of wrapping up what you mentioned earlier – it is so fun to go cover games like that where we didn't really expect that to happen. You're going in the house of a, a Super Bowl contender and you just, I mean, they just laid waste to the Buffalo Bills. They absolutely embarrassed them at the point of attack. And Taylor um, is still running for touchdowns against them. I mean, it was just, I can't remember being that stunned in a press box in a, in a while, in a good way, because the Colts had played that well. Yeah, I the, the I had a, a moment like that years ago. I covered Doug Martin when he was a rookie, and for like the last five or six games, and their their team was terrible. This was Tampa Bay. The team was terrible that year. I think they might might have won six or seven games, but but he individually went crazy, and he he ended up in I think in week sixteen or seventeen running for like two hundred and fifty yards, and it was just like you know. This is Tampa Bay. This is bad Tampa Bay. Okay. So like we you know, that for us was like, oh my God, this is the story of the year. But this is different because I feel like he's lifting the team when he's doing this. This is the the stakes are so much higher in this case. You know, and Doug Martin may have had a bigger game individually than Jonathan Taylor had, but I, I don't think the consistency was there. And he ran for fourteen hundred that year. Pretty good year. But but certainly as I said, the stakes were not as high. This is different because this is meaningful. Like, they're in it. They're mm-hmm. really, really in it. I mean, who wants to play the Colts right now? No that's one a good, wants to play a good this team. That's a really good question. do not want to play this team. Because the AFC is wide open. The Texans beat the Titans yesterday. The Patriots are playing well. The Browns are falling apart. Yeah. The Bengals are in there. The Bills are backsliding. Like, it's wide open, I feel like. And Do you realize who's leading the AFC East? It's not the Bills. Yeah, it's, it's the Patriots. Wild. They're Isn't that crazy? Yeah. By percentage. Yeah, winning percentage. So that that's where we are, okay? This thing is <laughs> this thing is a long way from over. It can go either way, granted, but it's a long way from over. And when you got the hot hand, <laughs> you got to feel pretty good. I got you I got to interject here. So I on this very note, I ran into Chris Ballard after the game yesterday and saw him in the, in the locker room, and you know basically just said something about JT to start, and and he's 
he's kind of in a bad mood. And I'm like, what's going on? Like your team just kicked the shit out of the bills. And he's like, we're two overtime losses away from eight and three. And I think that would have given them the one seat, right? I mean, they'd be at least in the contention for the one seat. Yeah, so after they beat be the, the Bills by to go 26 to LA points, that that's what he's thinking about is those two overtime losses. And those <laughs> overtime losses were killer. And I don't know if you ever get over those, the Titans game, the Ravens game. But um, and, and then we talked about JT a little bit. But um, think about that. If this team had no, finished even just one of them in Baltimore, it's – it might be right there in the lead, but um, they are where they're at. They're six and five. No reason you can't come home on Sunday and beat the world champion Bucks. I really believe that now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to see what they do tonight. We're recording this on Monday uh, midday. Uh, the Bucks are on Monday Night Football, so I'll be watching that. I'm curious. I mean, they've had some hiccups, and yeah. you know they they also as as you and I talked about that they haven't been uh, a very formidable team on the road either. So uh, they they have some some challenges of their own. Okay, and I don't know that we're going to get a lot of answers by watching them play the Giants, but they can certainly get a little mojo going. We'll see. Uh, you mentioned earlier. Frank Reich's role in all of this, and and I'm glad you did. And uh, actually, you know what? Wait, before I do that, let's just put a bow on this. One last thing on on JT. You mentioned Chris Ballard, and and his uh, just being so lustful, really, for drafting, for lack of a better word, for drafting Jonathan Taylor. And I love that. And I, but I think the Colts generally deserve some credit. As an organization, you know, Kevin Rogers, their personnel director, this, the scouts who who you know, sort of brought it home for for Chris Ballard, all of them, because it, it's it's really unpopular nowadays. You know, I had somebody say this on Twitter to me and it's so true. You're like, you know, did did the rest of the NFL miss one of the greatest college players of his generation because we we're prejudiced against running backs? Yes, you know, and the Colts said, you know what, screw that. And the fumbles didn't scare them away. Yeah, they said, yeah. you know what, we're going to coach him out. Coach him out of the fumbles. And he's fumbled twice in a bajillion carries in two years. Right. And I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it just pays to to go with your gut. And, and your gut isn't just like, oh, I have a feeling. It's more like it's it's from the work you've done, right? And 
and from your experience and just what you know, right? It, it's not just based on like, you know, emotion, but they, you know, for lack of a better word, they went with their gut and it's paying off for them, man. So like, give them credit. You know, they traded up, not a huge trade, but they traded up and they, they got their guy and it's paying off. And so now Frank Reich, his role is to get these guys to the next level when he, when he gets them in the building and, and he's done his part. Uh, but I think, as I wrote today, I think his, his greatest talent, I think he's certainly a talented play caller and you know, offensive mind and all that. But, but his greatest talent, Frank Reich, really, I think is just getting his team to buy in. And I don't know how he does it. How many times do you roll your eyes in a Frank Reich press conference, Zach? Like every day, right? <laughs> Not as much as I used to roll them at Chuck Pagano press conferences. Fair. Fair. <laughs> but like a lot of the lines, it's like, all right, Frank, come on, man. Like even you don't believe this, you know, but you know who believes it? His players. And I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how he gets his point across. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is you can cry about play selection. You can talk about why didn't he run the ball more. You can talk about oh, it's getting too cute. I, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. This team, this guy has a, a talent for getting a team to lock in. There's no question about it. They went through a lot this year. All right. They, the injuries were like, they were really, really piling up. Uh, they had a lot to deal with. And he's got these guys to lock in, man. That That is so, so difficult to do. And I don't, I'm just telling you, a lot of teams wouldn't have, it wouldn't be where the Colts are right now um, after the start that they had. What, why do they, why do you think they buy it, Zach? Why do you think they buy in the players? Yeah, this is, this is fascinating. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. As Frank was a, under fire a little bit, I think that's fair to say, um, yeah. after the one and four start and, and, and everything that really transpired. And I think back to something I read in, in Seth Wickersham's book a little bit ago about the Patriots. And, and Brian Decker, who now works for the Colts, was asking Bill Belichick one year, you know, what's the hardest part of your job? And, and Belichick said, this is the best coach of all time. He said, it's getting guys to buy in. These are grown mm. men with big salaries, big egos. And the hardest part of – Bill Belichick has trouble getting guys to buy in to a system that's produced six Super Bowls in 20 years. So that is telling about what the challenge is that a head coach faces. And even going back to Chuck, look, the cliches, they ran thin after a while. The players knew it. We knew it. It just you just it just you just can tell when it's inauthentic, and this isn't about Chuck, but Frank's one and O mindset, the one and O mantra, the day to time stuff. It doesn't work because he says it; it works because he lives it. He's the same mm. guy every day, and you hear that a lot. But he really is. Like it is stunning to me after they lose a heartbreaker, the heartbreaker of heartbreakers in Baltimore, five six weeks ago, and he comes to the post game podium, and he's certainly disappointed, but he's. He's like, you know what? We need to be better. We'll get better tomorrow. And, and I'm just like, Frank, don't you want to throw this podium through a window? Um, and he doesn't He doesn't operate like that. And it's really cool to see both ends of the spectrum. The best win of his career, in my opinion, yesterday, the toughest loss of his career, five weeks ago in Baltimore, whatever it was, he's the same guy. He's the same guy at the podium hmm. for both days. Um, players, grown men, buy into that because – it's real and you can't teach it. 
You can't fake it. And you can't get these guys to buy in unless you're being real with them. Um, and we hear this from the players. And if you haven't watched the video the Colts posted, I think that says everything you need to know. Watch what T.Y. Hilton does. This is a guy who's pretty reserved most of the time. Um, when he presents the game ball to Frank, that tells you what this locker room thinks of him. And I think we'll get a lot more when we watch Hard Knocks on Wednesday night. But, you know, this game meant a lot to Frank. You know, this is the stadium where he led the, the most famous comeback in NFL history and all that. Um, but he has piloted his team to 6-5 and five from the 1-4 and four start. And he's done it exactly how he said he would do it, right? We're going to get better today. They've gotten healthier. They've stuck to their disciplined principles. And they're a scary team in the AFC right now. I agree with all of that. And I, I think the the thing that's so interesting is, you know, we don't get a lot of, I guess, criticism for sure. For sure, we, we don't get criticism from Frank Reich, you know, of his players or, or whatever, even his, his staff. Uh, he'll criticize himself. That's about it. And, you know, I know I know for fans that can be frustrating. I, I don't think it's ever really great form to, to go out there and throw – players under the bus i mean that's really not going to get you anywhere but you can still be mildly critical and at least be honest about performance and all that a lot of times he's not even he doesn't even do that right he doesn't even say yeah you know he's struggling we'll keep working with him like he doesn't say that and as a you know as a reporter that makes writing a story that that tells the accurate depiction harder right so um with frank though the, the thing is if you're a player I think what you love about that is, you know, he 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 not only doesn't throw you under the bus, but behind closed doors, it's always positive reinforcement. And he goes back to you and gives you another shot. If you have a drop, he'll call a play for you. Uh, if you had a fumble, he'll go back to you. That kind of thing. And and I think players see that. And that's how you get your point across. It's like, you know what? This guy believes in me. I mean, he's not going to put a guy out there who doesn't deserve to be there. But generally... You know, he is he is not one to give up on guys for the most part. And the other thing I see is that the, these players are smart. You're talking about guys who have played for a lot of coaches. Okay, they've in many cases have been playing the game since they were, you know, in middle school or or even younger than that. So can you imagine how many coaches they have have encountered over the years how many coaches have fed them complete lines of bs over the years because a lot of coaches do let's just be honest and how many raw raw speeches they've heard can you imagine so when you hear somebody and you can tell oh this guy's different and this is real and this is authentic that leaves an impression and i think that's why that's another reason why they buy in they they can see the difference between what they get from frank right and what they have gotten from coaches elsewhere. There's a lot of salesmen who are coaching out there. Just There just are at every level. I'm not talking the NFL, just in general. So these guys have been down that road with a lot of different coaches, and they know it when they see it, and they know that this is not that. So I, I think that matters. Now, I just want to say from an X and O standpoint, he also had a great day, Frank Wright. And yeah, I know it's simple to say. Day. He was on yeah. fire. I know well, it's simple to say. Honestly, he ran the ball. It's pretty easy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the only thing I would say, though, is there's a couple things. Number one, 
running the ball, it, it, it all looks the same when you're running between the tackles maybe, but they also have some, some run schemes that are really good. And, and that is a part of making that work too. And the other thing they do is there's a lot of pre-snap motion that I think is giving the defense a lot to chew on. So there's a lot going on in their scheme. And, and it all, in the end, contributes to, to JT having success. So I think that's a big part of it. So he, he gets a lot of credit for that. But you're right. This was one of those keep it simple, stupid games. <laughs> and sometimes you get them, you know. Um, now, what, what do you think happens now? Because if you're a defense, I mean, don't you have, if you watch this tape, I mean, don't you have to play them accordingly? Like you can't, you can't let them do this to you, right? If you can't let Jonathan Taylor go out and, and run for 200 yards and, and have five touchdowns, right? I mean, they're not right. stupid. So what happens now? What do you think? Right. But you, you didn't think the Bills do that either? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they, they were without the defensive tackle, but that's not why they lost the game either. It's going to be fascinating right. to see because you have, you know, you have the hottest weapon in football who's just run over teams for the last month and a half. How do teams start to do it? Do they just load the box? Do they just bring in everybody at the line and dare the Colts to throw it? The Colts can throw it. I actually believe they can. You know, Pittman was quiet yesterday, but everybody was quiet in six for Jonathan Taylor. And and Carson, I mean, Carson is finally starting to settle in and probably had the quietest 106 passing yards you've ever seen yesterday, but that's because there was absolutely no reason to throw it. So that's going to be fun to watch. But when you have a weapon like Taylor, and they've proven they can do more than just have him run between the tackles, right? I mean, he's he's yeah. a threat in the receiving game. And that's another thing. I'm talking to Scotty Montgomery, the, rece- the running backs coach, a couple weeks ago about what they wanted to do with Taylor when they got him from Wisconsin. And obviously the, the fumbles were a big part of it. But Scotty told me, like, look, we needed to make him a receiver as well because he didn't have to catch balls at Wisconsin because he ran for 2,000 yards every year. And there's a lot more to becoming a receiver than probably we think, right? And so he's become a really dangerous threat. I mean, he had his second touchdown of the day on a pretty tough catch, and then he found the, the end zone from about nine yards out yesterday. So, you know, we've seen the screens that he's taken 76 yards to the house in Baltimore. He's become a legit weapon all over the field not just between the tackles but if if you're if you're a defense you've got to you can't let Jonathan Taylor beat you right because he's beaten everybody but it's a lot easier said than done yeah I agree and I want to not just make this about Frank Reich when I talk about the coaching because I think there's another guy who deserves a little credit and it's Matt Eberflus you know, the defensive coordinator that everyone beats up on. Now, you know, there's, look, criticism is fine, and, and a lot of times it's warranted, so no one's feeling sorry for anybody here. Uh, but, look, when when credit is earned, it should be given, and so I'm going to give him some credit. And I think the players, I think, are the ones who who make it evident a lot of times uh, what what the coaches are doing and, and why – uh, why they had success. And I thought it was Kenny Moore and George Odom yesterday who really shed light on this, saying, you know, they gave Josh Allen a lot of different looks. They thought they could confuse him by disguising some coverages. Uh, they showed a lot of uh, cover two or two deep safeties, at least in some cases. And then they would maybe drop out of that and and maybe bring a safety down or do something different. And uh, it, it did affect him. There's no question. It affected him. I, I think you could look at the way Josh Allen threw the ball on, on a lot of his passes, particularly in the first half. You could tell, like, okay, 
there's no way he makes that throw unless he's seeing something completely different. And so I think they had him confused. I really do think they had him confused. And and that's why, really, their passing game was absolutely ineffective yesterday. And granted, they got down, and, and that made it probably a little easier for the Colts. They made them a little predictable. I understand that. But that's, that's a different question uh, as to whether what they did schematically impacted the quarterback. It most certainly did. There's no question about it. Uh, he was throwing balls right to him. Which and this is Josh Allen. This is not some scrub third string quarterback. This is a right. it's a top flight quarterback. He's throwing the ball right to them. Not because he forgot to play quarterback. He's confused. He doesn't know what he's seeing. And they had a very effective day, I thought, scheming against Josh Allen. Um and and, and I don't think this is the first game. This is they're they're I know the Jets game happened and and that was definitely a source of a lot of frustration, but they have had some, I guess, some some flashes on defense. And I don't know that they have put it all together necessarily, not like yesterday. But if that, that's really going to be, I think, the complete picture. If they can pull it together on defense and be a little more complete on defense, then you have something. Now you have a team that can go into the playoffs and be a threat. That, to me, is the next level. We'll see. Um, I, I thought the pass rush is coming along as well. I mean... How far away do you think the defense is from? I you know I don't want to say holding up its end of the bargain, but I do I guess. <laughs> want to yeah, say we 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 whined about no pass rush for two months, and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden Quiddy Pace showed up, and it's really changed things. And and he had another play yesterday where he stripped down to the football. That dude is, is 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 looks like he's for real. And this makes me think of 2018, not just the comeback, but the fact that when did the defense start to play its best football? Yes. They were really dominant in December. I remember that 23-0 to zero blanking of the, of the Dallas Cowboys at home that was just – it was the perfect Matt Eberflus day, right? They, they didn't even let them score. They just – they held them, they held them, they held them. Maybe the defense is doing the same thing now. Now, they don't have the same pass rush, but if they keep getting some more from Quiddy Pay. We probably should shout out George Odom, who's played really well at safety, at free safety, yeah. like really well. And it's, I don't know, it's odd to me that, you know, the, the two biggest wins of the Frank Reich era have featured George Odom playing like most of the snaps at safety. Um, <laughs> I asked him yesterday, so he had one interception early. He had another one that was ruled that it, that it hit the field. And I asked him, did you catch that? And he said, 100% had my hands under it. So um, no, 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 no. You sold that short. No, 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 no. He said, oh, 100%. These hands are for sure. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> these hands are for sure. And like he said it with like no crack of a smile even. Like he was dead serious. Like, he might like be right. Confidence. He might be I like right. I mean, I couldn't. We didn't get a good look in the press box on the review. but um, Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of an inside joke. We love George Odom because he'll say anything. Yeah. <laughs> he'll literally uh, he just, say anything. He just, he just keeps it real. So, yeah. Um, We'll see. They're going to get Kari Willis back this week, probably at that strong safety mm-hmm. spot, which which helps because Sendejo has has some issues. We'll just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But look, I mean, if the defense can just play mediocre and you've got the best running back in football and and a, and a quarterback that can push the field push the ball down the field, there's so much more hole than they were two months ago. And yeah. and I remember talking to Ballard and being like what's going on? And he's like, you know, part of it is we just got to get healthy. Like we need to start playing better, but we need to get healthy. And you're starting to see the line. It's not just JT. Like the line is starting to dominate at the point of attack. 
and Carson's playing smart. I thought one of the best plays of yesterday that didn't involve 28 was was Carson dipping under, I think, Mario Addison, two hands on the ball to protect the football, and then running for 15 yards and then sliding without losing the ball, which has been a problem hmm. this year as well. But Carson, three interceptions this season. Like, I thought that was going to be an issue yesterday going into that game against that secondary that gets their hands on a lot of balls. Three interceptions through 11 games. That's remarkable considering he led the league in that category last year. Yeah, I mean, I think for as much as there has been to to question and complain about, uh, they really weren't that far away. They never were. And I think that's the bottom line. And that's what Chris Ballard was talking about. when Yeah, they weren't getting blown out. Right. Right. They're, so I think perspective is important. They were never that far away. Uh, had they pulled out that Baltimore win, how would you have felt that Tuesday morning after that game, right? You'd have been on cloud nine as a fan. So I, I think that is something to keep in mind here. And it, the other part of that equation, which goes hand in hand, is it's what you just mentioned. Personnel matters. When they're not out there, your team's worse, <laughs> okay? And when guys get healthy, your team gets better. It's not hard, okay? This is not complicated. Uh, look, they had they had a ton of injuries, a ton of injuries, and those guys are rounding into shape now. Some of them needed a little time on the field to kind of get their win back and and get into shape. They're doing that now, and and I don't think there's any coincidence that that you know the performance is coming with it. Let me look at Rocky Asin, who I think, yeah, he got beat for a touchdown by Stephon Diggs yesterday, but I mean, you're talking about an it absolute. Incredible route, incredible great throw. throw, great catch. I don't yeah. know if he could have played I'm that fine much with better. That. I'm fine with that. But my, what I was going to say is, he was in and out early in the season. You know, I think he was dealing with a uh, might have been a hamstring. Calf? You, you heard know. what Odom said yesterday? He said he said I wouldn't throw at at Rock this this season. Like he said, I wouldn't if I was a quarterback. <laughs> I wouldn't throw at him. That is right. a statement that would have you know stirred some eyebrows last couple of years. Um, Rockison deserves some credit. He's their best outside corner right now, and it's not close. He's he's really climbed up from where he was the last couple of years, really low on confidence. Yeah, Kenny Moore's playing the best ball he's played all year. So you're getting the best of their good players right now. I think you're starting to see DeForest Buckner, maybe not so much yesterday, but generally I think he's starting to exert himself a little bit. He's getting a little help, right, from – Quiddy Pay and others, Odengbo. So uh, it's it's there, right? It's it's there. They were never that far away, and now they're getting better contributions from the players they really count on. So I, I think the arrow is up. I think there's reason to be confident about uh, where they're going, but they still got to do it, and the schedule will still has some challenges ahead. So we will see. As I said last week and probably the week before, if they get to the playoffs, they'll have earned it, and you're going to know what kind of team they are. I think a, a lot. Very much like in 2018. They had to earn that. And I think you knew they were a team that was dangerous when they got in the playoffs. They ran out of gas that year, granted, uh, in Kansas City. But look, I mean, this this team is older and wiser and probably more talented, to be completely honest. So Even we'll Rex see. Ryan, who, who loves to hate on Carson Wentz, was saying on Get Up this morning that I don't want to play this team if I'm anybody else in the AFC yeah. And and that's interesting because we haven't even gotten to December yet. But could you imagine the buzz that would follow this team if they were able to beat the Bucks on Sunday, which I think they absolutely can. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see what they how they match up. And remember, 
Robert Mathis is going in the Ring of Honor. There's going to be some energy inside Lucas Oil Stadium. So it should be a fun day. It always is when the Colts play Tom Brady. I don't care what jersey he's wearing. Hmm. But um, this team's got something to it right now. They've got something going. Um, I don't know if it's the same as 18, but um, they're playing the best football they played all year. They got that win that they needed to against a good team. And for me, the, the thing that jumps out is they didn't just get it by three points or by a touchdown. They beat the living hell out of the Bills. They literally, you know, and our colleague Tim Graham wrote, like, the Bills are supposed to be this tough outdoor team, right? <laughs> the Colts absolutely out-toughed them from the opening kickoff through the end of the game yesterday. I mean, they just won up front on both sides. And um, that's what Chris Ballard lives for. Like, he talks about this all the time. Like, we're going to be big up front, O-line, D-line, and that's how you win in December. That's how you win in January. He's been building this for four years with that thought at the front of his mind. Look at his rosters and where he's invested the most money, O-line, D-line. And it's going to go even higher when he pays Quentin Nelson next spring. So um, that's what they built for. They really dug themselves a hole with that 1-4 and four start. They're starting to climb out of it. They're getting hot. This is going to be a fun last six weeks of the season. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I think next Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium, that's where you want to be. Uh, look, there have been you know some somewhat lackluster crowds. I think the last couple of home games, and I get it. You know, they're playing the Jets, they're playing the Jaguars. Yeah, people probably had better things to do. I get it. Well, there will not be any empty seats. I assure you on Sunday. This game has been sold out for the, a very long time. The tickets, uh, I understand, have been just off the charts in terms of the, the the secondary market online. So yeah, it's, it's going to be cooking in there. And if they, if they keep this, if they make this a close game, that is going to be a fun place to be on Sunday, regardless of the outcome. So we'll see, man. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. I am definitely here for it. Uh, for the Colts to have to go through Tom Brady to get to where they want to go. Count me in. <laughs> I want to see that, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I'm on board for it. So that's the deal, man. I, I think this is going to be fun. Uh, stay tuned to our coverage this week. I think you'll, you'll like some of the stuff we have cooking for you. Uh, I've got a piece on uh, Dio Adengbo and, and how far he has come uh, from that devastating injury that he sustained and how he took that on. I think it will tell you a lot about who he is and, and why they feel hot, why they're really high on this kid. And then certainly uh, Zach and Bob Kravitz have some other coverage as well. Uh, that you won't want to miss. So that's the story. Uh, stay tuned for more coverage on The Athletic. Oh, by the way, Black Friday deal coming up. If you're not a subscriber, stay tuned for this. Uh, Black Friday is your day. So check us out. If you're not a subscriber, this is your opportunity. No excuses. It's going to be the deal of the year is my 12 bucks for the year. That's yep. just stealing money. Right. So we appreciate all of you who are subscribers and uh, – can't thank you enough for sticking with us. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Keeper, and this is 1%. Bye.